Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Home Wrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Monique, how are you this week? Hello, I'm lovely. Thank you. Yes, how are you, you are lovely. I said Thank that. Thank you. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing fantastic as always. Thanks for asking. Now, this week, we are actually doing a show that was requested by one of our listeners, and we're going to be talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famous paranormal investigative couple. Yes. And we're going to talk about one of their cases. There's... A lot that are famous, but we're going to talk about one not-so-famous case. Well, I mean, it's still famous, but not. They didn't make a movie about it yet. Okay. So, yeah. But we're, we're going to talk a lot about the Warrens as well. Mm-hmm. But we will highlight one of their cases. And why don't we give a brief overview? I think it'd be good. Um, and, and again, for anybody joining us for the first time uh, or who has just found us, I'm a former professional wrestler. I, I wrestled for almost 20 years as the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. My beautiful wife used to accompany me to the ring towards the end of my career. Are you saying I ended your career? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and in more ways than one. And, sorry. No, I'm not. Anyway. And what we do is every week we get together and we talk about things that interest us, usually related to the paranormal UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, things of that nature. Whatever we want. And we call this the Homebreaker Podcast because we don't always agree, and sometimes the discussions can get heated. Mm, yeah. Hence the ta- the the, ner- the term, the nerm, <laughs> the name. <laughs> so that's where the Homebreaker Podcast name came from. Yeah, I guess it is. My goodness. So... <laughs> I told you. That's for those of you joining us for the first time, and thank you for joining us. And if you've been with us before, hello, welcome back, and thank you very much for listening or watching. You you totally missed it. I said I told you it was hard, and you could have said that's what she said. <laughs> Damn it! Yes, I missed that one. You missed it. That's it was, okay. a, it was a layup too. But what, what are you gonna do? I try. What are you gonna do? Anyhow, so we're gonna talk again about the Warrens. This was requested by a listener. And what we're going to talk about first, we'll give kind of a brief background of who the Warrens were according to them. Mm-hmm. Then we'll talk about some of the cases that people would know that they investigated or that they were a part of. And then we'll get into one of their one of their cases. Yeah. We'll, we'll go over it a little bit. We'll give our thoughts on it. We'll give a little story about it. And then we'll get into some other things about the Warrens. A little more controversial maybe or maybe That's not so nice well known or it. maybe not as uh, we'll get into it we'll other get into versions it. right other people there's always two or that. three or four sides to yeah, every story right absolutely. so why don't we go ahead and why don't we start first by we're actually going to go to the warren's website yes. warrens.net and they actually have a brief timeline on there that talks about how they met and Basically, they're like a brief history of who they are and what they've done. We're going to go to that. We're going to consult that right now. Yeah. So would you like to handle this part? Yeah, sure. My lovely, beautiful wife. Uh, buttering me up. I am buttering mm-hmm. you up. So do a I'll good job. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
So Ed and Lorraine Warren met when they were teenagers, and it was, I think, in 1944. Ed was an usher at the local movie theater that Lorraine would frequent, and she was there one night with her friends, and after the movie, she saw Ed, and after the movie, he asked to take the ladies out for for a soda. (laughs) All of the ladies. All the ladies. Smooth operator. Yeah. And, you know, walk them home. And so... He walked the girls home, and when it got to Lorraine being the last stop, I guess she said no because I left the house alone because she didn't want to, like, have her parents see her coming home with a boy, which is pretty cool. So that kind of kindled and started their relationship. They began dating, and then Ed joined the Navy. While he was in the Navy, he was serving his ship sank, which is pretty crazy. So he was given a survivor's leave, and he came home, and that's when they got married. And that was back in 1945. Okay, yeah. During World War II. Yes. He goes back after they get married. He serves in the military, comes home, and they have their daughter, Judy. And then Ed decides to go to art school because he allegedly grew up in a haunted house, which kind of started all of this intrigue for what was going on with paranormal research. But he also had talent in regards to painting and art. So he went to art school. And one of the really kind, I guess depending on how you look at it, kind of neat things that they would do is, for example, there's one house that they heard was haunted and they wanted to investigate it. So he went to the house and he painted it. And then he knocked on the door and showed the homeowners the painting as a way to get invited in. So they could research the house, which is clever. It's pretty clever. And, and I just want to mention, too, that Ed says that he grew up in a, in a uh, haunted house. Mm-hmm. But Lorraine was skeptical of all this kind of stuff. It's almost like they were the original Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Kind of. It just that thought popped in my head. But yes, yeah. con- continue. <laughs> so uh, I think it was two years after Ed leaves art school and they decide to hit the road and they would do like roadside art stands and sell his art on the side of the road and it's funny because i remember hearing stories like that was a thing many like decades ago that people would do yeah i mean it it reminds me of the uh the episode of the office where they're going for those those pies yeah like if it was like the last season of of the office where they're looking for they're they're gonna go have pies or something like that yeah and it was like one of those roadside stands I, i think i remember in florida we, we, there was a couple of stands yeah, like roadside that stands. In, in, yeah. in But there were people who would just pull their car over, open up their trunk and sell their art out of their trunk or yeah. like sell stuff out of their trunk on the side of the road. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. It's pretty, that's pretty neat. Don't really see that nowadays too, too much though. And in 1952, Ed and Lorraine started because of their paranormal interest they started NESPR which is the New England Society for Psychic Research and from there that kind of just started to roll out their paranormal investigations in 1968 there was Annabelle and I think most people are familiar with the movie Annabelle and that was based, based off of this experience yeah there was the Perron family which later turned into the conjuring movies that happened in 1971 in 1974 the 
Amity wow. Amityville. I couldn't. I can't even say it. Unbelievable. I had to practice saying it because I want to put an N in for some reason. Look what happens. We're we're talking about this prior to recording, and I, like, I could I say it no problem, and you say couldn't it. say it, and now look what happens when the mics oh. get turned on. Amity, Amity. Amity. Yeah. Amityville. <laughs> Everyone wow. all together. Unbelievable. Amityville. The Amityville. <laughs> the Amity Amityville horror case. Jeez, I'm crow. That was in 1974. And pretty much what happened with that one was the Warrens went with a television crew, was a, a, a local television news crew. And shortly after the Lutzes evacuated the house, they went into the home with the crew I guess to see what was going on. And Lorraine said that she felt evil in that house. Now, nothing happened on camera. Nothing moved. Nobody got had any experiences. But Lorraine said that she felt evil in that house. And that was enough to catapult the Warrens into national fame, yeah. spotlight, I guess. So anytime there was any kind of paranormal anything after that they were the ones that got called they were now given the expert title and i want to add in here that lorraine warren claimed to be a trance medium and a clairvoyant which gave more depth to their paranormal investigations yeah that was kind of their thing they would arrive somewhere and ed would interview whoever the experiencers were so if it was a house for example he'd interview all the occupants of the house while Lorraine would wander around the house and feel everything and then they would figure out what to do from there I guess yeah that was the Amityville cases what catapulted them into the national spotlight and then from there they they traveled the world they went to England they they were in England a lot for a lot of a a couple couple I mean yeah but I guess according to their different literature and things like that uh that that came from them or from their i guess for lack of a better word their allies in the paranormal research field uh they they visited england a lot yeah i don't know why but just england i I guess was a hotbed for paranormal activity so they visited england a lot and uh they made a museum Yes, they had uh, the Warrens. Ha- I think they still operate it, don't they? The the son-in-law. Well, yeah, the, the daughter Tony and the Sper- son-in-law. Tony Spera and... Uh, Judy. Judy Spera, yeah. I, I presume is her last name now. But Ed and Lorraine's daughter, Judy, and her husband run the Warrens Occult Museum now, which is in Monroe, Connecticut. Mm. Yeah, and that's where they keep Annabelle the doll. Yeah. Yes, yeah, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I'd heard of the Warrens, but I never really looked into them too, too much until the Conjuring movie came out. That's when it got like, oh, and Lorraine Warren, uh, they're, you know, but I'd, I'd heard of them before, just mentioned, uh, yeah. but never, never really looked into them or researched them or anything like that. Do you want to get into the case that we decided we were going to focus on yeah, today before we get into any more yeah. talk about the Warrens themselves? One case I found kind of interesting was the werewolf of South End in England. And this is about this. Werewolves. Now we're talking. Werewolves. There's a man, Bill Ramsey, who claims that when he was nine years old, he was in the yard and it was a summer day and he just felt really cold. And all of a sudden he had like visions of wolves and he felt this 
rage inside and allegedly pulled a fence post out with the fence still attached and started swinging it around. And his parents were so frightened and they didn't know what to do that they just hid inside until it was done. And so years go by and he's fine. But then when Wait, so he's nine? He's and nine. He, and, and this then happens? All, this happens. And then years go. And, so, and then nothing after that? Nothing. Okay. He's fine. Then one night he's out at the bar with his friends and he starts getting that feeling again, that like cold feeling. And he goes into the bathroom and he claims that when he looked in the mirror, he saw a wolf. And he started turning and he told his friends, please take me home. While in the car... I guess he tried to bite one of his friend's legs. So they kicked him out of the car. And these bouts would come where he felt like he was this wolf. And he attacked a nurse. He like bit a nurse one time. Wait, he gets kicked out of the car, then goes to the hospital? No, no, no. There were just like, they kicked him out. It comes in, it goes. So then there was a bout where he felt like he was a wolf and he bit a nurse. Why was he in the hospital? I think he went there to try to get help. Okay. So, but then like he goes to the police station one night and says like, I'm turning into a wolf and you, you need to lock me up. According to some of the police officers involved, there was this large sergeant who he just kind of picked up and threw like the guy was nothing. So they're claiming that he has this immense strength. The police are the claiming? Police are, okay. Yeah. That this guy had like immense strength that most people don't have. They locked him up and then they claim something really weird. Their doors, they have like these little windows. They're not large at all, but he managed to like get his head and his arm out. So like his head, neck and like arm up to his shoulder was like hanging out. And we we have a video we'll post and they show the door talking about it. But they ended up having to sedate him because he was going so crazy. And they had to like get the fire department to get him out from that door. But it was just really bizarre how he kind of contorted himself to get in that position. Interesting. The Warrens were in London when all this happened with the police. It made the news. Lorraine just felt that this was not him think not because everyone thought the guy was mentally ill. And Lorraine felt that this was a demon. He was possessed. Uh, okay, so they what they see this story on the news? Yeah, because they were in England already. Okay, she calls the police station and manages to get his information so she can go talk to him and his family. They end up convincing him to come to Connecticut, and they end up ex- having him exercised and having this alleged demon exercised from him. So the medical claims were that he had lycanthropy, meaning he thought he was a werewolf, but they, Ed and Lorraine claimed that that's not what it was. It was not mental illness. He was possessed by a demon causing this to happen. So this guy beat up a bunch of police. He bit his friends. Mm-hmm. He And he allegedly, the night before the exorcism, allegedly tried choking his wife the night before. Tried choking his own wife. Yeah, because, yeah, it was really bizarre, which doesn't seem like a werewolfy thing to do, but could be a demon. He tried to get help for these urges of his? Well, he just thought, okay, well, I'm crazy. So he, okay, because that's what everybody was telling him, obviously. Yeah. Like, he knew, like, what was going on was wrong, but. 
he it, it was couldn't like control he, himself yeah, he couldn't control thing? himself it wasn't him it was this wolf okay i'm asking you all the questions because you did most of the research on yeah. this it's a very bizarre case because hearing the interviews and reading about it i think okay something's just wrong with this person he's mentally ill because the warrants make it sound like he's physically changing during all of these things that are happening. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's not pick it apart. I'm not trying to pick yet. it apart, but I'm just saying my point of view. But what they're showing is like he makes claws. It's like you bend your fingers to kind of look like claws. It doesn't mean that you actually like have claws. So I look at it like... It could just be he was mentally ill, which is kind of sad because from other stories I read. That's the whole story. The, yeah, pretty much. He After they exercised the demon, nothing happened. He was fine. But he also went 10, 20 years without an incident. But this kid is having something happen where he has like this immense strength. He has this rage and he's flipping out. And the parents kind of go lock themselves in the house well, the kid's uprooting a fence. What would you do? I don't know, but it's like, help the kid. Like, something's wrong. Go, go help him uproot go the help. fence? No. You, what, like, go, like, don't just, like, hide okay. from him. Yeah. Okay, so, but that's the story? I thought there was more to it than no, that. No, that's, that's, that's it. That's it's, it? He claimed to be a wolf. He bit some people. And then they happened to be in London, and they got his information, and were like, you come to Connecticut with us. And also, a local tabloid paid for him to fly out to Connecticut to okay. go with the Warrens for him and his wife. It's a bizarre story. And I think because it's like, oh, that's it. That's all there I, really I is. I thought there was more to it than that. That's no, why I was like, No, it's just a simple, oh, okay. bizarre story. What do you think happened there? I think he's mentally ill. Okay. I, I would agree with that. But what explains the fact that he went to Connecticut was exercised by the Warrens and then nothing happened after that. All these urges that he had went away. How would you how do you explain that then? If if he was just mentally ill, did, Here's the thing did I they cure find. his mental illness? He went a long time without, I'm not trying to be a wise no, ass. No, what I'm, I'm saying I'm, is he went a long time without having any incidences. So is incidences? there Yeah, is that a word? Incidents? No, it's not. <laughs> it is now. Words are hard. He went a long time without having an incident of this nature. So it's possible it comes and goes. There could be a trigger for it. But I can't find anything. Like after these early night, I think the last interview was 1992. I can't find anything else on him. The, uh, the last interview that he gave? Yeah. Okay. And I, when did he go to the Warrens to be? 1989. Okay, so he gave an interview two years after that, mm -hmm. and that's the last that you could find. I couldn't okay. find anything. So is he still alive? Because obviously if he had passed away, well, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, fair I point. can't find any other information, no other articles or stories about him. Okay. So maybe he is fine now, and maybe, I don't know. It's just like, it just, I, it's I kind of bizarre. Given, given everything you just told me, I would think that maybe the guy was possessed if nothing happened after that. I'm just saying, just based on how you're you're presenting it with the information I think you got. What makes me skeptical of this is the way like in one in the video that we're gonna post a link to, they're claiming that they heard about this and they flew out to Who's London. They? The Warrens. Okay. The Warrens are claiming, Oh well, we flew out to London because we knew that this was a demon. But 
every other article states, and they even said, we were in London already and we saw it on the news. So which one is it? Well, they were obviously in London already and the news piece that you watched took creative license and But Lorraine sounded, was saying better. it. <laughs> Lorraine was the one who said it. So she contradicts herself. Okay. Then she says, Lorraine says that his ears were changing during the exorcism and they became, uh, Bill's ears became pointed and wolf-like and he grew claws from his fingers and they have evidence of this. But the video I saw, like that we've seen, the little clip and the pictures, it's just a guy looking like, like making claws, like the claw shape with his fingers and, and this is in the video that we're gonna post, yeah correct? Okay. I, like i don't see like he's yelling but his ears don't they look as they do in the other images of him they don't look extra pointed i mean the claims that she made of him changing and that that kind of thing that's not just something that's specific to this case i've i've heard that's that's common it seems among different cases of exorcism that have been reported and recorded so i I'm not going to discount that. Now, maybe she thought she saw that. And the, the video evidence that you saw, you didn't see that. You didn't interpret that. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't see it personally. I'm, I'll, I'll check it out after. Like yeah, I said, we're going to post like a it all in the show seconds, notes. But if you're going to throw that in there as proof that this happened, and well, that's we'll, all there we'll, is. we'll talk about proof and, and all that kind of stuff uh, upcoming here in a few minutes. But... Okay, that's one of their more famous cases, though. That's it's a famous case, I think, in England because of what happened. That okay. I don't think it's one of their most famous cases. I okay. think it's one of their more obscure cases. Okay, I, th- I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I thought there was more to. I thought maybe more had happened with this guy, or there was more. I guess there's not mo- really that much. More, I mean, they on their website <laughs> they tell an amazing story. And if I well, read, they're nothing if not good storytellers. Yes. I'll give them that. Reading the story on their website, it's a novel writer wrote it or something. It has these details that I feel like based off of what Bill Ramsey has said, they take a little creative license, but I don't know because maybe he did give all these specifics, but he kind of tells a story like, I got cold and, you know, and they're like, they're like, there was a chill in the air that overtook him or something like that. It's just, again, that crea- Storytelling. creative, ri- yeah, creative writing. And it- well, I mean, we, we, it was their business. This was their yeah. business. This is how they made their money. We, we, as we said, so you, you got to pay the bills, I guess. Right. Yeah, I understand that. All right. So, but that was it with the story. He, he goes there, he gets exercise and done. Well, he, he comes to Connecticut they exercise him and done. That's it. He's, he's all, he's, that's, so that's the yes. werewolf story. That's the werewolf story. I was hoping for something like he bit somebody's head off or something no, crazy like that. He didn't kill anybody. He jumped on cars. But or he, something, he you know, got admitted to a something. mental institution. But he's out, obviously. Yeah. Or we think he's out. Okay. I, I can't find anything after 1992. So why don't we talk now about some of the Hollywood movies that mm. these folks had been involved with. We mentioned Annabelle earlier. Yes, The Conjuring. Anna, the Conjuring, Amityville Horror. You said it. The Haunting of, was The Haunting in Connecticut? Yeah, and a I guess in Connecticut? that Lorraine Warren came out and said that it's not accurate at all. I never saw it. I never saw I the movie either. I heard it was horrible, it. but 
and some people are saying that she's just saying that because it was such a bad movie <laughs> and it didn't do well. But I don't Fair know. Enough. I didn't see it. Yeah, I'd I, probably I, like it knowing me. Yeah. Okay. And they had book deals too. They. They. Yeah. That's the thing. They, I mean, there was there's plenty of books written about them. Mm-hmm. There were plenty of books written by them as well. And, and I know they consulted on a number of different things. The Enfield Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the basis for the, the Conjuring, Conjuring Two. Where they're um, in England. So again, England. Yeah, yeah England. Right. Uh, there was a, there was also another case they were involved in. Yeah. Um, the Devil Made Me Do It case. They were do- uh, allegedly this guy was helping them do an exorcism, and he taunted the demon like to get the demon out of this other guy, and then I guess they're saying the demon entered him, and then he killed somebody he killed somebody was and it said like his that landlord? The, the devil made me do it was yeah. his was his plea and obviously the judge didn't buy that as a plea so and, but the warrants and like the jury didn't either on his behalf they, they sure did yeah yep. and, and so did the the um the author of uh the devil in connecticut and demonologist uh the book about the warrants uh gerald brittle was his name he also testified yeah and uh the older brother of this gentleman Attempted to sue Lorraine and uh, Gerald Brittle. Oh, I didn't read that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously when, when they've been around for so long and they're involved in so many of these high-profile cases, you're going to have things like that that happen. Now... It's kind of crazy just you, thinking about that. Yeah, right? <laughs> the devil made me do it. It's a hell of a, it's a, hell of a gift. I mean, people use the insanity plea and, it, and it's worked. Oh, yeah, people right? use, so, like, women use PMS as a reason for really? killing. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. You can go well, with anything nowadays. Yeah, I, g- I guess so. Yeah. Well, if you can convince a judge and jury, then sure. Yeah. So we we have the version now. Uh, again, they, they they themselves as characters, I I suppose, be a good way of putting it, came out in the the Conjuring movie. Yes. They were the main focus. There it was uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. 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 I don't know. I I'm hope sorry. I'm saying that we're right. I apologize. It. I actually like sorry. her as an actress too. But I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Vera Farmaja. Vera. Vera? Is it Vera? Vera. I or think. Vera. I thought it was Vera. Wow. So, okay, we're just totally killing this poor woman's name. We're the worst. Name. We're sorry. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, anyway, she played Lorraine Warren and um, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> just the worst. I'm the worst today. <laughs> Patrick Wilson played Ed Warren. Yes. And in that in that movie and in The Conjuring Two and uh, were they also in Annabelle for like a brief cameo? I think they were. It's been a while since we watched. Yeah, it's been a bit it. since we since we've But seen there's it, a but. whole series with them of this franchise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it's it's a uh, it's almost a billion dollar franchise at this point now. So and they're great movies, fantastic movies. Oh, but excellent. In their movies, again, they're movies. So they're portrayed as just this great loving, loving couple. couple. Awesome. Great, makes for a good story. Yeah. However, real life tends to bite you in the ass when you're telling stories like this. And people who know you come out and refute your story. Uh-oh. I'm going to go now, and I'm going to refer to The Hollywood Reporter and a little article titled, War Over the Conjuring... The Disturbing Claims Behind a Billion Dollar Franchise by Kim Masters and Ashley Collins. This came out in December of 2017. We're going to link it in the show notes too, just so people can kind of take a look and a gander for themselves. 
So this wasn't too long ago. Just not no, yeah. pretty recent. Warner Brothers was sued. I remember hearing about that that they got sued. You did hear about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they were sued by a woman who's now in her seventies named Judith Penny, who has said in a sworn declaration that she lived in the Warrens' house as Ed's lover for four decades. So they weren't the loving, wholesome, all-American, ghost-busting couple Mm -mm. that they were portrayed to be in the movies. That doesn't sound very Catholic-like. But now again, a movie is a movie. It's obviously there's creative license. They say based on a true story, and it doesn't have to be all that factual just to put that in front of a movie. Now, obviously, people are going to believe that it's true because it says that in a movie, but that's where a lot of people make a mistake. Just because it says it doesn't mean that it is. It just has to be yeah. a small kernel of truth in the actual story that's based on truth. There was an alleged haunted house in Rhode Island. And yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to pick apart the Conjuring <laughs> no, case, but saying, I'm just ta- we're, we're now going to pick apart, I guess off, for lack yeah. of a better term, we're going to pick apart the Warrens now. Sorry. In the nicest possible way. I may not be so nice about it. That's okay. I will. (laughs) I'll do my best to be civil and professional, I suppose. The Warrens allegedly made it sound like this woman, Miss Penny, they took her in, that she was this young woman who really had no family. and, And as devout Catholics, they wanted to do the right thing, and they took her in. Right. And embraced her in their family. Correct. Now, as we mentioned, Ed Warren died in 2006. Mm -hmm. And at the time of this article, Lorraine Warren was in her 90s. And the attorney for the family, a gentleman by the name of Gary Barkin, says that the family has no knowledge of the alleged conduct. And his client, now 90, is in declining health and unable to respond to the allegations. Damn it, she's too old to even consider any of these allegations, so we're not even going to talk about well, it. Well, maybe she has a fragile heart, and thinking of that, just well, how true it is. According to Miss Penny and her sworn testimony or statement, declaration, whatever the legal term is, it's in the article. Check it out. Lorraine knew all about it and yeah. was totally cool with it. And her and Ed had an affair for 40, 40 years. years. And not only did they have an affair, Ed was in his mid-30s when he met Miss Penny, now in her 70s, as we said. But at the time that they met and began their steamy, torrid... Gross, icky, ew. She was 15! Yeah, ew! 15! Yuck! That would get you tossed in jail in most states. Again, not very Catholic. Yeah, they were 15 years old. Mm. And, And I guess the family came out and said that she was 18. Right. Yeah. But anyhow, they began their, quote, amorous relationship when she was 15, according to Miss Penny. And that was in a sworn declaration she gave back in November of 2014. Don't forget, Lorraine knew all about it. And she was okay with it, according to her. Miss Penny throws a wrench in the... Old, wholesome, all-American, wholesome, love story, loving couple yeah. that was so devoted to each other. Yeah. Well, hey, it's each their own. Whatever she was works 15, for you. that's wrong. Yeah. Well, whatever works for you. I mean, if you got an open marriage. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, there's people that do But that. there's a disturbing part to that. I'm not going to judge just on that. No. We're just going to throw it out there as something that is alleged to have occurred. Also, 
Miss Penny states that she got pregnant with Ed's child and was forced into getting an abortion because having a baby in the house wouldn't be very good for public relations yeah, for the Warrens. Bad PR. Bad PR. Yeah. That makes me think a little tiny bit less of the Warrens. If and it's again, true, if, you're if it's a true, Catholic, why would you like you're against? Most Catholics are against abortion, so it's kind of weird. But just to refute what you just said, according to Miss Penny, the only god for Lorraine was money. That's all Lorraine cared about, according to Miss Penny. That's harsh. Now, also. To further throw mud on the image of the wholesome, loving, devoted couple, Ed used to smack Lorraine around, according to Miss Penny. Okay, so we have to talk about this. <laughs> we watched a YouTube. I don't video. mean to laugh. I, I it's not funny. No, that these type of things are not funny. But go ahead. Okay, we have to talk about this. So the other day, while we were looking into stuff, we found a YouTube video. And it was, I guess, it's a video of the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine, doing a kind of interview with their their son-in-law, Tony. Yeah, they used to do these uh, like 30-minute shows where they'd talk about their cases. I think you could find them on their website as well. We'll link it in the show notes. We'll link it for the YouTube. But we're watching this, and Tony's the moderator, which I thought was weird because I'm like, that's their son-in-law, and it's not like there's somebody else claiming... Well, they don't opposition. say in the video that it's their son-in-law. And honestly, when we watched the video, I didn't realize it was their son-in-law. I didn't know what told I, I did. after. I was like, oh, okay. well, I didn't Because I saw the name but... and I'm like, that's that's the son-in-law. That's kind of bizarre. So they're talking about hauntings. And I got my red flag started going up when they were talking. Ed was saying a haunting is like an infestation. And Lorraine said it as well. But they make it sound like these hauntings are these evil well, things. They, well, they said that hauntings are evil. Yes. If your ha- if your house is haunted, then you'd be terrified if it was truly a haunting. And I'm thinking, I've lived in haunted houses, and I was not terrified. Because- okay, but what does that have to do with him smacking her? Around? Okay, so <laughs> we're we're going all over. I the just place wanted now. to get that out. Okay, so they're talking about that, and then Lorraine chimes in, and. As she's talking, Tony interrupts her. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's this. And then he and Ed start talking. And I'm just thinking like, it was such a shut up doll and let the men speak. Stop talking. Like, we don't need to hear you. That was the vibe I got. I got this weird feeling of like, this is a kind of the men rule. And she's kind of there and they're being nice enough to let her play along. But know your role. That's the feeling I got from it. I didn't get that feeling myself, but I, I'm a man, so that's probably why. Probably. <laughs> I'm like, this is I, the shit you do to me all I, the time. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. We do it jokingly. <laughs> I didn't get that vibe like you got. I was more so turned off by the fact that they said plainly that everything regarding haunting is evil it's bad it's the devil it's demonic it's against god everything basically with the warrens and now we're going to start shitting on them i guess for lack of a better word Our everything was is rolling out yeah everything was with them was painted with the brush of evil and good good and evil Black and that's white, it broad strokes yeah nothing else it can't be anything but a demon or the devil it's evil that's it. 
They did say that, and, and what Lorraine was talking about is you can have a good ghost, if you will, kind of like pop up to warn you about something, but that's different. According to them, if there's a true haunting, it's an infestation. Those are their words. And it's going, like, you will be terrified. It's evil. You will be terrified. I don't agree with that. Uh, see, that's the thing. That's where they lost me, too. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, hold on. There's been plenty of, of, of cases where nothing bad happens. It's just a door opening and closing. But no, according to the warrants, no, that's evil. It's evil. That is just, it's the devil. It, it's an infestation. It's demons. That's it. Going back now and looking at every single one of their cases, and I actually, for my part, I, I, I don't want to say read. I listened to the audiobook, The Demonologist, which was about the Warrens and their cases, and it's just basically it's filled with extensive interviews with Ed, mostly Ed, actually, uh, some Lorraine, but mostly Ed. Because she knows her role. Which, that that adds in, that adds to your credibility, your story into a little bit. The sure. affair, the alleged affair, I could see it's kind of like she knew about it, but whether she liked it or not, it could be one of the things that's happening. I don't care if you like it or not. You're my wife, and you're going to deal with it. So I could see that side of it too. All right, fine. But anyway, uh, in the demonologist, it's mostly Ed giving stories, and obviously, it's a book about them. So it's going to be painted from their point of view. And it's going to be making them the heroes. I get it. That's fine. But everything was through that lens. And anytime he would be asked questions like, how do you know that this is real? Well, I've seen it. It's documented. I have proof. I have documented evidence. Yeah. Okay, show us. Excuse my language. Where the fuck is the proof and where's the documentation? He doesn't share it with anybody. And anybody that's ever questioned him or wanted to see his proof or evidence, he has shown some people pictures and photographs that he has that he claims are ghosts or orbs or whatever, but he never lets anybody carefully scrutinize his evidence. He doesn't allow anybody to take his photographs, his negatives, or anything like that out of his home to analyze them in a lab because... Heaven forbid you allow somebody else to look and find out that, oh, maybe your ghost wasn't really a ghost, but maybe just trick photography, perhaps. I could understand. Worst case scenario. If you have like one copy of something and you don't want them taking it in case of something happens. There's no excuse. If you are somebody who claims to be into all this stuff and you are the the expert in the field. If you can't back up your claims and show your proof and share your proof and evidence with people, I'm sorry, but I immediately think you're a fraud. You may be the the greatest, most accurate, most effective demon fighter. Okay, but if you're not going to share your proof or evidence or substantiate it in some way other than I have documented proof or I've documented it, Okay, I just got to take your word for it. And but that's, that's the thing. It's every documented. single one of their cases, that's the language they use. And that's, it's their word. Or anybody that corroborates their story is either on their team, a family member, or a friend of theirs. That's it. I'm sorry, it but feels like for you're me. you're either with them or against them. Exactly. And so for me, I'm sorry. that To me, you're discredited. And it's like I've told this to you before. If you're telling a story and you embellish even a small part of it, but the rest of it's true, I'm sorry. If I find out that you lied even a small little tiny bit, you're discredited. Yeah. Done. 
And when I mean, that's how this, it works in, in court, too. I think what's hard is when it comes to paranormal investigations and things of this nature, it's so easily written off without people wanting to hear. Like, you could have proof and people still want to write it off. Sure. It puts more burden on those doing the work to prove it. Like, no, this is real and I have video. And yes, yeah, scrutinize it all you want. These are the things it's like, you're always going to have people disagree with you. But if you have enough good evidence... And yes, documentation's good, but if you just say, like, it's my word against everyone else's, it's not really proof. It, it doesn't make it true. According to Ed Warren, that's proof. And he's got all the proof you need. You just can't scrutinize it or, or even look at it, well, <laughs> really. Let's talk about Annabelle the doll. Yeah, that's a per- that's a perfect example right there, the Annabelle. And they have this on display in their, in mm-hmm. their museum, in their, in their home. And again... They're dead. They're no longer here. They can't defend themselves. So I don't want to come across like I'm trying to attack somebody just because they're dead. These things were said while they were alive too. And none of these things were ever, ever refuted by them. They were never even addressed most of the time. So if you're just going to not even address your skeptics or your critics at all, that means you either can't dispute or refute anything that they're saying about you or you don't care either way. So... I feel like I can speak and say what I'm saying right now, just for, just based on that alone. I'm not. And this is based off information. I'm not trying to shit on somebody sources. that's dead and that can't defend themselves. No. This is all stuff that's out there, that's been out there, and has never been refuted. So with Annabelle, one of the things is she stays in this display case, and right. they say like, "Don't open the case, whatever you do." And Ed would tell a story about a man. The last person who went against what they said and opened the case. The last person who taunted the doll. Yes. He died. He died in a motorcycle crash. Mm -hmm. Where's the proof of this? There is no proof of it. It's a story he would tell just to spook people out. Yeah. That's it. And I guess the person that they got the doll from, nobody knows who that is either. There's no... Essentially, it's a story. And Lorraine probably that's... went to the fucking store, bought a goddamn Raggedy Ann doll, and put it in a fucking case, and they made up this story about it. And I think that's... I mean, that's, that's what I think, because... That's the biggest thing they get accused wrong. of, is being really great storytellers. Yeah. But none of it's necessarily true. And, and, and th- that's the thing. They are great storytellers, because if you... If, if I would have... Like, for example, just the stories they were telling in The Demonologist in that book... The stories alone, on on their own, if they're if you're just looking at them through that lens, this is just a story. Fantastic, oh, yeah. great story, great suspense, details, all the happenings, everything, great, fantastic. But it's a story. Now, if they presented themselves as storytellers, as entertainers, great. But they didn't. They would go on lectures. They'd give lectures at universities. Oh, yeah. They would consult and sell their services to Hollywood and television so that the portrayals of these things would be more accurate. I mean, they made money off this stuff, which is fine. I'm not knocking anybody for making money. Hell, that's it's America. Yeah. Make money, please, everybody, as much as you can. But don't come off and present yourself as this and say that you are genuinely in it to help people and when really you're just you're manipulating facts you're manipulating people who unfortunately are are at a time in their lives when they need help of some kind yeah. and they're just kind of coming in and they're 
they're manipulating facts. They're twisting things around. They're embellishing things. Mm-hmm. They're convincing people that they're possessed by demons when maybe that's not the case. I'm In just some saying. Of the cases, it's like, you know, one case it was these people are saying their homes haunted. And then it also comes out they were like heavily into drugs and alcohol. So was that what was yeah. causing them to think that? The neighbors of these people, uh, and I'll, I'll pull up the actual case itself. It's because like, it's- are they... Are the Warrens just enabling these things? If something isn't really, it's not really paranormal, it's just maybe mental illness or something else going on, but they're enabling this thought of, no, it's not you. It's well, your home or it's this entity. Yeah, it, it, the uh, the Snedeker family haunting. Uh, it was, uh, this is the movie, the, the the, excuse me, the case, The Haunting in Connecticut, yeah. Which, th- that's the one you said before, Lorraine Warren, um, hated the movie because of its inaccuracy (laughs) the people that lived next door to this family said yeah there was all kinds of weird stuff going on there but it's because they were all into drugs and alcohol they were all into had drug and alcohol abuse now the other part of this thing that was this case in particular that made me go huh that that's kind of weird and not really on the up and up the warrens hired a gentleman by the name of Ray Garten, who is a horror novelist, to help them with the story for The Haunting in Connecticut. And Mr. Garten told Horror Bound Magazine that he, quote, interviewed all the family members about their experiences and soon realized that there was a problem. I found that the accounts of the individual Snedekers didn't quite mesh. They couldn't keep their story straight. I went to Ed Warren with this problem, And quote, Ed says, oh, they're crazy. You got some of the story. Just use what works and make the rest up. Just make it up and make it scary. I mean, that's what this guy said that Ed told him to do. Just make it up. Make it scary. You know, it's your job. Make it scary. So you're taking a situation. There's a family here that obviously is having some kind of problem. We don't know what it is. They need help of some kind. But just, just make it up. Who cares? Did they get any money? From the rights for the books and the movies? Don't know. I, I, I don't know how question. any of that stuff Did works. Did any of these families get any money for I, their their story? I know that the Perron family, the the family that was the subject of the first Conjuring movie, I know that the one of the daughters, Andrea Perron, she has written several books. I've heard her on several different podcasts. I think she's been on Coast to Coast AM as well. And I mean, I don't know if she's making a lot of money, but I know that she's selling books about her story. And but at least it's like, that's her story. Right. But I don't know as far as like the movie rights go or anything like that. I don't know if the families themselves got that or if it was like, something that the Warrens sold the rights to. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how, you know, honestly, I don't know how any of that worked. But regardless, the Warrens profited handsomely because you don't make 10 bucks off a story like this. You, Hollywood pays big bucks for stuff like this. This is how they're making their living. And again, I'm not knocking anybody for making a living. It's just under the guise of being something that you're not. When you're putting yourself out there, and there's people out there that do legitimate investigative work, and there's legitimate researchers and people that really want to try to figure this stuff out, and you make all of them look bad when you're doing this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff because it just immediately discredits everybody that's involved other sides of their story so this is from skeptic side this is from other people's sides 
who don't agree with them. So there are people who see the value in what they do and believe in what they do. So we're not trying to say like it's they're just delusional. It's no, there are just people who see a different side of things and don't think it's this perfect portrait they portray. Right. And and the thing is, again, it's for me, it's this version of themselves that they portrayed. And obviously you don't want to go telling people, yeah, I sleep with 15 year olds and I, you know, my wife doesn't care and I got her pregnant and we made getting a boy. You know, obviously you don't want to be saying that kind yeah. of stuff to people, presenting that kind of stuff, especially when you have a young daughter in the house too. But again, it's just kind of one of those things that you're putting yourself out there as a paranormal. You're, you're the top of your field. You are the go-to person, but this is the kind of stuff you're doing. It just, Again, it just, it puts a bad light on anybody involved with that with this kind of field and this you, kind of you work told and me research. Before, what you feel like they do is rather carny. Yeah, it's carny. It's it's it's, it's they're they're con people. That, I mean that again, they, they could have been sincere, but when you're looking at everything through the through the the goggles, the the looking at everything is black and white, good versus evil. This is a demon. This is a haunting. This is not could be anything else. It's all it could be. You're discredited right there because you're not open to scientifically looking and researching something and coming to a truthful conclusion. You are automatically, you've already made up your mind as you're researching this thing. You've made up your mind. So why are you even bothering researching? You already know what it is. Why even bother, right? It kind of goes against the whole point of what a paranormal investigator is. Now, yeah. again, uh, sorry, but in their defense, they... They were demonologists, right? But that's the thing. So in the book, but in still. his book, The Demonologist, Ed Warren claims how his holy water is better than any other holy water. It's more effective. It's more effective because of the the particular priests that blessed his holy water. Now, anybody can get holy water and use it in their home and it's fine. But his holy water was better yes. because it was blessed by different priests. I mean, that's in the book. That's that's not me saying, yeah, that's, that's his, his words. words. It's little things like that. You start to, if you really listen. I'm sorry, but that discredits you. You pick, right? that you pick up yeah. and you're like, what? That's like saying my video camera is better because, you know, it's more like it has a higher HD and yours is just, you know, 720 and mine's 1080. So yeah, maybe it is a little bit better, one could say, but it's still doing the same thing. What an it analogy. depends on how you look at it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Anyhow, yeah. I mean, they were just, again, they, they and and in their defense to all the people that have come out and said these things who have called into question their credibility have also said that when they would meet or speak with the Warrens, they were the nicest people, that they were very nice and that they came across as very sincere. Maybe they were just really good actors. I don't know. Again, me now knowing all these things that I know, I call into question every single thing that they ever investigated, that they were ever involved with, because it's come out. I mean, a lot of this stuff has just been either made up, embellished, details were added, and things have come out with some of the cases where they even said things were made up. The case that in uh, England, in England, that the Conjuring Two was based on. The two girls that were involved in that said that they made up some of the some of the events. That again, like I said, if if it was a court of law, they'd immediately be discredited mm -hmm. because why would you make up anything? What it wasn't good enough that the the I don't know the chair flew across the room five feet, but mm -hmm. 
but you said 10 feet. Well, it was really five feet. Well, why'd you embellish it? You know what I mean? Like, that may be a bad example, but why are you even embellishing? If something something extraordinary happened, happened, why would you embellish it at all? Just the fact that something out of the ordinary happened, you don't need to embellish it. But again, this this is what has come out that some of the details of that story were embellished by the people who supposedly experienced it. And that's their words. They said they made it up some of the things. So and I said it before, just because some people manipulate something, it doesn't change somebody else's truth. But when you have somebody who's already kind of under the microscope about being truthful with things, it just is more of a cause for speculation. Right. I think you just need to look deeper at it. When more Conjuring movies come out, will I watch it? Probably, because they're really good movies. Yeah, they're very good. They're entertaining. Sure, but I enjoy them. But I'm not going to take it as everything is true and that, you know, the Warrens were this awesome team of paranormal investigators. Yeah. And I, I just, like we always say, do your research, come to your own conclusions. You might do your own research and totally disagree with us. And that's okay. And let us know if you do. What have you found? We're totally open for that because, again, we want to find the truth, but we're not just going to let people spoon feed us these stories because they're good stories. Right. And and again, like I said, I, I, don't, I, I don't discount them for making a living. No. I think that's great. Yeah. Good on them for that. It's, to me, the way that it was, the way that they painted themselves as something that they weren't. I, I'm sorry. You just, you're not, you're discredited in my view because of the way you went about doing the things. That's all. I mean, again, every single thing they did may have been legitimate. They may have legitimately come across some of these things, but the way that it was presented and the way that they went about solving or, or dealing with these things. I mean, there was a couple of cases where they would just show up, remove a a certain object and then say, get a priest. Yeah. You need a priest. Okay. That's, I mean, I I guess that's all they they could do. They put that object in their museum and charge people to see it. Right. Which again, I'm not capitalism. Yeah, but I mean, again, when you come out and say that I'm a demonologist and I'm the only other demonologist, the other demonologists are all ordained Catholic priests. They're all, I'm the only one that's not, and 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 they put themselves out there as the experts in the field and the, the and leading investigators. Come and to them for help. People that really need help go there, and they again, the Warrens may have been the nicest, and they may have been very sincere. But as far as being credible, I call into question their credibility. I don't think they're credible at all. And I do think that there's plenty of evidence to dispute their credibility. That's all I'm saying. Were they con men? Were they carnies? Maybe a little bit. I think that definitely or did they was an element of their business. Too much of their own hype. That could be too. I mean and I mean and that's something that that's a phenomenon that 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 happens with a lot of researchers. I know for a fact for Talking about UFOs, for example, a lot of people in that in that field had legitimate evidence, and after a while, just to keep it going, would start to make up things. Which, when it came out that they were making things up, obviously everything else that it they takes did, away from all it of flushed the their stuff. credibility down. Yeah, so it could be again, like I said, that they were doing legitimate work, and it just kind of slowly, as they started maybe to make some money and the allure of the Hollywood and 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 that kind of thing. Maybe it started to kind of spiral out of control and then, okay, now they're looking for things that aren't there or they're trying to make things that aren't there appear so that they can make the money. So what do you think? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? 
Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I mean, are we being too hard on these folks? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we're not being hard enough. Maybe Have not you being hard found enough? out other know. things? I don't know. Yeah, but definitely let us know. Reach out to us. We uh, we have social media. We do. We have a couple of accounts. We've got a Twitter account. At Pod. You can find us on Instagram. Homewrecker Podcast. And we have a forum on our website. Homewreckerpodcast.com. So go there, sign up, become a member. You yes. can be anonymous and, and, and chat with us there if you don't uh, like social media. And if you don't like the topics that are listed, you can create your own Create topic. your own topic. So create your own topic. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be what we're talking about. It could be about anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And and give us suggestions for shows you'd like to see us do. Yes. We, we, we only did this show because of a, a request from a listener. Yeah. So yeah, reach out to us. Let us know. I almost feel kind of bad that we were ending it on such a note with the Warrens. The movies just, are really good, though. That's just how I feel. I, I, and especially the fact that they're not around mm-hmm. to defend themselves, I guess. But again, when they were around, they didn't defend themselves. And they never refuted or disputed any of these people's claims against them. I think the listeners them, so. can take it as, this is the information we found when we were looking into them. Go do your own research. Yeah. What have you found? Do you find things that dispute what we're saying that you can say, no, this isn't true and this is why? Let us know. We're totally open because we're not here just to dig up prove you me know, wrong. dirt yeah, on pr- people. Prove this me is wrong. What change found. my mind. Please change my mind. Yeah, but check out the links that we're going to post and yeah, I'm gonna put, I'm, watch I'm gonna, the video. Yes, I, I'm going to, I'll link, I'll put their website the, yeah, links. Everything. We'll put some of the YouTube things that we that we discussed here. We'll put everything in the show notes. And then do your own research. Go from there. See what you can find. But if you haven't already, please go on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. And when you get a minute too, please leave us a five-star review. It helps people to find the show. Gets more eyeballs on us or ears, I guess, if you're listening. Uh, and it just uh, helps us to grow the show. So we really appreciate everybody's support with that. And if you're and watching the video, subscribe. Yes. On YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe or Bright button Brighteon. too. Or com as well. Mm-hmm. That's a YouTube alternative. Yes. So you could find us on there as well. And if we've got nothing else, I think this is uh, as good a time as any yeah. to wrap it up. Until next time. Do we know what we're going to talk about next time? It might be another listener request. Maybe another listener know. request. We'll get on the forum at homewreckerpodcast.com or hit us up on social media and let us know if you've got any ideas for our next show. If not, we'll see you next time. And until then, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion, joined, as always, by my beautiful, gorgeous, lovely, amazing trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast.